field wall you can stand behind that uh, with a drink rail and then you can sit on the actual bench uh, that's exactly the same as what the players are in the dugout right next to you and like you said you can stand there and watch players come on off on and off the field the players will actually walk through that dugout suite uh, to get in and out of the clubhouse if they want to without having to come onto the field so What's up, Dad Hat crew, and welcome to another episode of the Dad Hat Chronicles. This week, I finished my conversation with Jason Michael Ford. He is an architect. He designs ballparks, stadiums, all the fun stuff, guys. He was one of the, the leaders in the, designing the Canapolis Cannonballers. That's right. Beautiful ballpark. You guys got to go visit that. All right. In this episode, we finished the conversation, um, what he looks in a ballpark, some of the design aspects, and as well as when he travels, right? Because as far as uh, architects are concerned or designers and things like that, they are always looking for inspirations everywhere else. And of course, my famous, not so famous questions. But before I give you the episode, I would love for you guys to do me a favor, head over to my YouTube channel, hit the subscribe button, check out the video. So that way you guys always check, you know, see, listen, I'm putting some good stuff out there. Okay, guys. And then of course, don't forget about the podcast. Make sure you guys are hitting the subscribe button on the podcast as well. All right. Now that we got all that fun stuff out of the way, all the business stuff, let's get into the podcast. And without further ado, I'll give you the episode. What What is in the field? Uh, is what was designed and to make sure that, that that's going to work, not only from a design standpoint, from a from a safety standpoint, from a code standpoint, all of those things we have to take into consideration. That's pretty cool, man. Uh, I, and in, in your opinion, you know, to you, um, what is one of the things that you look forward the most when you are doing that design process? Like, you know, what's like the one thing that you say is like, yeah, this is what I do you do you look at other projects do you look at not just sports related they, to bring uh, and to incorporate some design aspects uh into your into your design yeah i think innovation is always one and and obviously at populous we do uh you know a myriad of different building types so whether it's football whether it's soccer um arenas you know those types of of, of projects they're all going to have innovation in them and they're all going to you know, ultimately have something that you want to bring across market. Um, so if something works really well on an arena project or someone, you know, you, you know, went through that, then we might try to, we might try to sell that to a client to say, Hey, let's go look at that. I mean, site visits are a must uh, in what we do because vis- number one, visualizing something and seeing it actually uh, kind of built is, is a really good way to get someone to understand kind of what you're trying to trying to design. So we take precedence a lot in, in projects. A lot of times you'll take precedence of saying, these are things that we don't want to do. We, you know, we travel to places and you'll see the congestion somewhere or just something that doesn't work. You say, okay, that's something that we're not going to do. We, we go to, you know, competitors projects all the time, find the good, find the bad. And again, try to always make that next ballpark, the best ballpark that, that, that there is out there. And, and that's again, looking back at our experience, looking at what works great, Ultimately, these are all unique buildings and, you know, you're going to try things, you're going to try to be innovative. Uh, and there are things that that maybe not hit the mark like you thought they were going to be. So that goes back to your earlier question about being flexible and being able to renovate, you know, being able to, to make corrections, if you will, because these are all unique. These aren't fast food restaurants. These aren't, um, yeah. you know, 
home improvement stores that are just big boxes that you drop on a, on a different site and you might change the layout of the parking lot. These are all unique projects. And for me, you know, kind of back to your original question, the, the, the fun, fun, fun part for me is that first field layout. Yeah. Where are the bullpen's going to go? Where's the scoreboard going to go? Are we doing an eight foot wall in the outfield? Are we doing a 14 foot wall in the outfield? What, what's the dimension to the foul pole, to the power alleys, all of those types of th things is where we really start to, you know, again, make this project unique to that client and to that, um, you know, to that team uh, that really, again, the heyday for me and, and sort of the, where, where the light bulb went off was working on Michigan. Yeah. And, you know, that was back and that opened in 2008. Um, so 15 years ago was really the, the first time that the big 10 network was launched. And so I'm at my house in Kansas city watching the big 10 network and I'm watching a game, a baseball game or a softball game in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Uh, and that's really kind of neat when you think about, again, back to the days when I was watching WGN and WTBS, right? Now that I can actually watch college baseball games at home. Um, and True. you know this from, from a baseball standpoint, the, the majority of the shots in a ballpark are the center field camera, pitcher to home plate. Mm -hmm. And so, again, the backstop, you know, I think about what that backstop is going to look like on TV, probably from day one. <laughs> I want, I want when someone turns on the TV, I don't care who's playing. I want you to think about where they're playing at, not necessarily who's playing and, and have that backstop be unique and identifiable um, and things that other people maybe don't think about because that for me is what, that's what I think about when I turn on the TV, I try to figure out who's playing, where they're playing um, just by looking at the backstop. I'm glad you, uh, you say that because in, 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 you know, and people in their profession will, no matter what, will like, will always evaluate, right? I don't think it, you can turn it off, right? Like I'm sure when you're watching a game or when you're at the ballpark, whether it's a different ballpark or whatever, you're always looking at the design aspects. You're looking at, you know, all these things. It's like, oh, that's interesting. I would have never thought about doing it this way, or oh, I would have done it a different way. I'm sure that's that's in the back of your head constantly all the time, isn't it? It is. And, and you know, I was watching... Uh, an NFL game this weekend um, and on TV and I was watching it and the, the height of the field walls was driving me nuts because the field, the, the, the height of the field walls was so large in comparison to, you mm -hmm. know, anything else in the stadium that I, I immediately want to know why did they do that? There's a reason why they did that. You know, why didn't they bring the fans closer? Why didn't they bring the fans lower? Like those are the questions that I have. And, you know, football is one thing, but that's, again, why I love baseball, baseball, we've been trying for years to bring people closer, Yeah, to be very intimate. Right. Uh, and that's again, a, a sign that ballparks have that a lot of other projects don't getting someone as close to the field of play as possible, putting somebody right in that action, putting them behind home plate. I mean, those are again, moments for me. And you can see, as I describe those, I can think about those experiences for me. And so we, again, that's the beauty of uh, loving what you do. I'll say in terms of I will always go to a game. I'll go to a ballpark. I'll go to, you know, the Titans game this weekend. I'm always trying to have those experiences because now I'm designing those or working on projects with our designers on how to create those experiences for other folks. And and to me now, when I go into a minor league ballpark or any ballpark for that matter is I look at the experience from various, uh, viewpoints of the ballpark right so i like to move around and look at the ballpark 
and, and see how the game changes from that seat. Um, and, and there are some ballparks where I can tell you, like, there's not a, literally, there's not a bad seat. But then there's some ballparks you're like, oh, this is a rough one to watch, you know, and it's like it's uncomfortable. And, and 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 I can see where like, you know, it would drive you nuts. Like, for example, that that game like the, for the football game, it's like, why would they, that wall is so high? I literally was watching my wife is a Steelers fan and um, I was watching that game. And then, you know, I was noticing that like the walls were very, very large, you know, for that game. I'm like, OK, so like you're separating fans from from the game but when it comes to baseball like even now it's like the the by by the first base and all that is becoming those are smaller yes there's netting there but it's still a very intimate compared to a football game or anything like that yeah we i mean i was with a client this week and we were we were standing in a dugout Mm -hmm. uh and the dugout was recessed and they asked the question they said you know why couldn't we just put the dugout at field level um there are several ballparks around in the country that have the dugouts are not recessed um, and so that is obviously an option, but the question came up and I said, well, when you recess the dugout, you lower it, you bring people closer, people can see over the dugout, you don't impact the seating as much behind it. And it's really, again, it's a big league feel, right? I mean, it's one of those things where when you go to a park or you go to a smaller, smaller, you know, baseball park and they just have dugouts on the field at field level, it, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like mm-hmm. a big league ballpark. Right. And so I think, regardless of whether we're doing, you know, professional ballpark, minor league ballpark or collegiate, we want that big league feel, right? We want those participants and those players to feel like they're in, you know, Yankee stadium to feel like they're in at Coors field or at Petco park. We want that experience again. And and how that impacts the viewing of that, that's something else that you think about the fan experience. So you're taking a lot of, you know, people's, preferences and experiences and trying to meld those together to come up with really a design that, that enhances that for everybody. Something that I noticed and going back to Kannapolis um, is something that I noticed was um, like you said, the, the, the bullpen, the bench and all that, you know, where the players are at, but there's something very unique about this one is there was a section where fans can sit and it's right there, right next to the players uh, and you're literally seeing them as they walk right in front of you and all of that. And I thought that was one of the most unique, coolest things there was. I sat on them and I'm like, my God, I'm like, I'm literally, you know, these kids are are playing a professional ball game that one of these guys could potentially be in the major leagues in a couple of years. And it's like, they're walking right past me. Like it was just, you know, we're down the street or something like along those lines. Yeah. I mean, there, there have been ballparks that have done field suites, uh, whether that's behind home plate whether that's down the line, sort of past the dugouts. And I think, again, uh, working with our team, one of the things that we thought would be kind of a unique experience would be to create a really a dugout suite. Mm-hmm. Um, so at, in Kannapolis, as you come onto the field, you go to the right, you know, on the on the home side, on the first base side, uh, and there's a dugout suite there. Uh, and it is literally the same uh, bench that's in the dugout. Um, it has a drink rail and then it has stadium seats, you know, in front of that drink rail. So you can sit at the field wall, you can stand behind that, uh, with a drink rail, and then you can sit on the actual bench. Uh, that's exactly the same as what the players are in the dugout right next to you. And like you said, you can stand there and watch players come on off on and off the field. The players will actually walk through that dugout suite, uh, to get in and out of the clubhouse if they want to, without having to come onto the field. So it's, it's, creating that experience and is creating that access 
um, you know, on a, on a night that now the Cannonballers, for, for all their home games, they have that unique experience that they can offer. Um, they can have people have sponsors uh, rent that space out during games. And again, it's, it's different than a normal suite or a field suite uh, uh, or the club seat or just the, the standard seats in the seating bowl. So it's just one more opportunity for their ticketing staff, for their marketing folks to have an opportunity to sell an experience that you can't really get anywhere else. And I'd love that. That was cool. Uh, you know, and something, and as you were saying, you were talking about this, I was thinking about, cause I'm from, you know, from Cleveland, right. I'm a guardians fan in uh, all the way in the outfield where some of the pitchers used to be before they did the renovations. There was that little bullpen. Now they have it as, you know, every inning, so a certain amount of people can sit where their players used to play and you can see the game at eye level. Like, you know, just like if you were, you saw the outfielder right there, right next to you as he's standing or he, or he's, you know, doing his warm up catching and things like that. So it's like, Little things like that make our uh, make baseball such a unique sport that no other sports can provide really and uh, uh, in, in that aspect. Well, and, and you mentioned Jacobs Field, you know, when we designed that back in the, the late 90s, mm -hmm. uh, Coors Field, you know, it, it was a different era for ballparks. I mean, we yeah. built really large ballparks and really those ballparks had one or two types of seats in them. Uh, mm -hmm. And what you see now from fans uh, is is they want social experiences. They want to be in large groups. They don't necessarily have, want to have a seat. They don't even necessarily want to watch the game. Um, you know, so it's it's creating those uh, social experiences because uh, people are going to go to the game to watch baseball, but people are also going to go because that's where other people are going and that's where um, they want to have those experiences. So we're, we're getting away from just, you know, very large stadiums with, you know, tens of thousands of seats and really making it, again, more intimate, more unique and giving people a variety of things that they can do still at the ballpark, still watching the game, still part of the action, but not like the person who sits behind home plate with a scorecard, you know, writing down balls and strikes. Um, so let me ask you, uh, and, and then, you know, I, I'm very uh, intrigued by this part is as you, as a person, as a designer, as an architect, um, when you are, are now going into ballparks, um, uh, do you carry a notebook with you or something along those lines to start taking notes? And like, is that something that is ingrained in you to look at everything now? Um, besides, obviously, besides uh, enjoying the ballpark and a good beer. Well, the, the, the great thing is, I would say 15 years ago, yes. Now that I have an iPhone. Oh, God, I, I take it's, that it's my lifeline. And, you know, I take I take notes. Um on that, but really it's, it's about capturing images. Um, it's really taking pictures of places that I've been. And, you know, I just, I, I continue, unfortunately, um, I have all the photos on my phone. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't, I, I'll save them obviously, uh, on project servers and on things for work. Um, but I also don't delete them off my phone. Oh. So anytime <laughs> that I'm with a client or I'm thinking about something, I'm looking on my phone for examples for photos of, of things that I've that I've seen. Yeah. And I share those. And so I have that really kind of in real time. Um, and I know you at, you know, at the end, you ask kind of questions. I hope that maybe you'll ask me how many how many photos I have on my phone right now. It was coming. Um, it was coming. Um, but again, it, it for me, that's really what I have of, you know, when we pitch something, I can pull up. I don't have to Google things. I can just go right to my phone and say, here's a picture of it here. Here's a picture of it there. Um, 
you know, just again, those, those are the experiences now that I capture those things. I have them, I have them up here, but I also have them on my phone so that I can just go back and I can, I can all the time I go into my phone and I'll search Canapolis. Right. And I know that within the thousands of photos that I have of Canapolis, yeah. I have a picture of the dugout suite or I have a picture of a field wall condition or a wall pad or something there that I want to share with somebody. That's cool. That's pretty cool. Uh, so let me ask you then, do you know by heart or do you know, have you checked how many actual photos do you have on your iPhones regarding uh, ballparks and, and designs that you take? Um, I don't know that I haven't segregated down that far. I mean, obviously the beautiful thing now is you can, you can search by word. Yeah. And it'll, it'll find things, but I just, you know, I just did a quick look and uh, I've got 53,000 photos <laughs> on my phone. Oh my God. So, so you need a big, you need an iPhone with a lot of memory. In yeah, order. And I would say, you know, to my, my family that most of those pictures are of my family, right? But they're probably not. <laughs> they're probably of ballparks. Yeah, it's funny because my phone now is like, it has mostly like the videos I make and pictures I take all that, you know, like I, I have, you know, pictures of my family, but you're right. It's like when you start getting into the business, you're like, oh my God, my a lot of my pictures are not of my family. Yeah, no, I, and that, like I said, that for me, is that personal aspect of, of sharing something with a client or having a conversation and just very quickly based on what I know I've seen and our experiences, be able to pull up something very quickly and, and share that with them um, as we, as we work through designing a ballpark. Uh, a couple more questions here, and then, you know, we'll get into my fun, famous, not so famous questions here, but um, to you so far in, in your career, what has been for you the most, you know, one of the most fun project that you've worked on, um, that, that you still like, man, this is, was like, this was a fun, uh, project. Well, Petco obviously is up there just, yeah, well, obviously, us, yeah. You know, a lifelong Padres fan. Um, you know, I've, I've looked forward to attending world series. I was hoping this year they were going to make the playoffs. I was hoping man, last yeah. year they were going to make the world series, but I'm not giving up. They haven't won it yet, but I'm not giving up. Um, they also haven't thrown a no hitter to this point. I'm not giving up. Uh, you keep holding on to that hope, my friend. Yes. Um, I would say that I was just, I just literally was having this conversation with someone, um, you know, another minor league general manager today. Canapolis was really the culmination for me. And, and you know, I, I've got uh, a long career ahead, I hope. Mm -hmm. um, but the client, the team, uh, our team internally, um, the, even the contractor on that project, we, we really all had the same goal and the same focus. You know, again, it was long before the pandemic hit, um, but it really was a, a project. I'm really proud of the end result and also how we got there. Um, you know, the client um, was was one in which they trusted us. They trusted the contractor. So as we were working through the design, you know, presenting those things, trusting us when we, you know, as we looked at those um, different uh, aspects of the design, um, the relationships that we build, you know, again, you think about the time that it takes, you know, four or five years to, from start to finish on a project like this. So we spend four or five years with the same group of folks in the office internally. Uh, we spend it with our owners. We spend it with our team. And we spend it with our contractors. So you really build strong relationships after, um, you know, that the carry on after the project is over. So I, I'm constantly texting with the deputy city manager, uh, city of Kannapolis, um, Scotty Brown is downstairs. I, I just spent, you know, an hour with him. Um, you know, so those are relationships that I'm going to have for the rest of my life. And as I continue to do work on more projects, 
I'm just going to have more and more people in my life that, again, we have similar experiences that we work through. Again, these unique projects that don't occur, you know, they're not, nothing is the same. So as we work on the next project, is there's nothing about it. You know, you could argue that it's going to have seats, it's going to have bases, it's going to have a net. All of those things are very similar. Everything else but, is. But we strive to make sure that every project, every ballpark is unique to where it is. And again, it goes back to, as I said earlier, turning on a TV, seeing the backstop, that backstop better, you better be able to tell me where that project is um, because that's that's what we, we strive for. Uh, and last question then, obviously with, you know, with Major League Baseball, the partnership with Minor League Baseball, right? Um, A lot of these Minor League ballparks now are, um, needing to do a lot of upgrades and things like that. So I'm sure Populous is in the mix when it comes to a lot of these uh, ballparks and a lot of these teams needing a an architectural group in order for you guys, you know, for them to uh, be up to the level of expectations from uh, Major League Baseball, correct? Yeah, so when the PDL came out uh, 2020, 2021, um, you know, I think, again, it changed um, the landscape. Yeah, um, And it really, again, took a building that, you know, was was focused on fan experience, was focused on player experience. But as you went up through different levels, the player experience was different. So Major League Baseball really wanted to make that player experience through all of their minor league levels very similar. Um, you know, so there are ballparks. Canapolis was one of them that, you know, as the the requirements changed, it didn't now it was not in compliance. So there were a couple of tweaks, a couple of things that we had to do at each of those, obviously ballparks that were built in the nineties. Um, there were more things that they had to do, you know, very, I, I don't want to say simple things, but things that you don't think about of female staff locker rooms, for example, mm -hmm. female umpire rooms that there were, those were never requirements. So the evolution of the game, the evolution of, you know, um, the people involved with baseball has really changed those requirements. So, you know, the, the great thing about some of the projects we worked on at Jacksonville, um, in Indianapolis, you know, at large AAA ballparks, those are usually pretty easy to bring up to, to current standards. Um, it's when you get into, you know, single A, a ball, double A, yeah. um, because you think about every project has a budget. So you're making decisions based on the level that you're playing at. You're making decisions on based on the size of the ballpark. So those have been, you know, I would say, more challenging than some of the larger ballparks to bring up to standards. But again, it goes back to the relationships that you build on those original projects. And, you know, we've done over 130 ballparks at Populous. So you think about all of the, the people that we worked with just on ballparks um, and those relationships. And so, you know, hopefully uh, and most of the time we'll get someone who just call us and say, will you help us do this? Um, other times we've had to compete for them because of how the financing was done. Um, but it really brings for us, it's it's really talking about our ballpark experience. And at the end of the day, these projects, we're trying to do them as economically as possible as well, mm -hmm. because they're not revenue generation uh, projects They're not. We're not creating things that are generating revenue for the customer or the client or the city. So you've got to be really good at making sure that you're on budget uh, and giving them really the most um, that you can for their for their budget. Yeah, the most bang for the buck. Absolutely. Um, all right. And, 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 and I just thought about this when you were talking, what is your holy grail of like, you know, the ballparks, like, you know, what is the one that you hold, like whether you design it or something that you've always uh, admired as far as a ballpark is concerned or, you know, stadium. Yeah. I mean, I've got some, 
I'm fortunate enough to have some really good friends at the Red Sox. I mean, I really mm-hmm. like going to Fenway. Fenway, again, you think about I got to get there one of these years. Right? I got to get there. Um, had a coworker who wanted who had never been to Fenway, and she said, any chance that, you know, you could help me get tickets on the Green Monster, right? And so for me, having helped them experience that, um, you know, sitting on the Green Monster versus sitting somewhere else, um, Wrigley is always fun. Um, a lot of the older ballparks, again, I, I'll put Petco up against anything. Um, PNC Park is great. Oh, uh, again, ballpark. being a being an intimate ballpark. Um, I was lucky enough. I didn't work on Comerica Park. Uh, obviously, we did, um, but was able to go to the last, you know, Michigan kid, right? I went to the last game at Tiger Stadium, and I went to the first game at Comerica Park. So having those opportunities for me, uh, again, all of those ballparks are different for different reasons mm-hmm. and unique. And so I think it's really hard to kind of say what's the best um, one that's out there. Petco is always going to be special to me um, just for that reason. But I I like going and seeing ballparks, even ballparks that we didn't design. And there are only a couple that we haven't designed. So, um, (laughs) but seeing those again, it's just the love of the game. I, I I describe a lot of times to our clients, the first time you walk into a ballpark and you see the field. And that's an experience that we, we think about, whether you're coming in at home plate, whether you're coming in at home at right field, um, how do you how do you approach the ballpark? How do you enter the ballpark? And then once you're in the ballpark from the concourse, how do you see the field? What you know, the, the video board, the ribbon board, like all of that stuff, smells, the sounds. Um, you know, Canapolis has does it has done it right. They've got an organist, right? Right there on the concourse. Yeah, greasy keys, yeah. Um, so it, it's it's all of that stuff that over time which is why Wrigley is so great, why Fenway is so great, sort of builds tradition and sort of builds memories for people um, that they really fall in love with the game and with the park. And so, you know, a successful project for us is the project that stands time and memories are made and people have, you know, feelings about, you know, deep feelings about the experiences they've had at the ballparks. I took, I took my mom, uh, to the 2004 World Series when the Red Sox won when they broke when they broke the curse. Yeah. My mom's a big Cardinals fan, so she wasn't super happy, but she took me to the 82 World Series when the Cardinals beat the Brewers. Uh, it was kind of cool, you know, 22 years later to take her to and you're able to re- yeah return that to yeah see the, to see the Cardinals play and you know again ultimately the Red Sox won that that series, but it was it was fun for me to have that experience with her. Um, I've taken my son to a bunch of games, um, gone with my family to a bunch of games. Um, and it's just part of the fabric of, you know, of what is really unique about baseball and how that impacts families and, and, you know, the experiences that you have. Couldn't have said it better myself, my friend. That's, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. All right, my friend. Are you ready? I hope so. <laughs> okay. So, and and I'll give you the easiest one. Uh, and is this one I ask everybody? Uh, you're going to a game, right? You're going to a ballpark, whichever. Let's go. Let's say you go to Petco Park. What is your your drink and your food of choice? Well, I think you always have to have a hot dog. Absolutely. Good, gotta, good gotta, man. Got to try a hot dog. Um, you know, the, the nice thing about concessions, too, I think the number one thing that people, take away, especially from minor league ballparks, what makes them have a great experience is the food. Mm-hmm. So we always tell our clients when we're talking about concessions and we're talking about the menu, 
creating that unique menu, the food experience, and it doesn't have to be crazy stuff, but the food when it's prepared has to be great because no matter what, especially minor league, food will ruin someone's experience if the food's not great. So Absolutely. we always we always stress that. And again, it's an important part of the design process of concession stands, kitchens, commissaries, all of that stuff that go into that. Um, drink of choice, uh, you know, it's probably probably a Coke. I mean, it, it, it's sad to say, but um, nothing wrong with that. A hot dog, a hot dog and a Coke. Um, pretty good. Can't beat it. You I got to have, have peanuts. Peanuts is, is a must at a ballpark. Yeah. Peanuts is a must. I either do peanuts or sunflower seeds and, and I just pick at it and I watch the game. That's my thing. It's like, I have a cup and I'm always spitting out the seeds. So my wife already yeah. knows I need my sunflower seeds for sure. All right. If you could be in any movie, right? Like, I mean, you're, you can be in, you know, immerse yourself in the movie. What movie would it be? Well, aside from some of the early '80s comedies that uh -huh. probably most people wouldn't wouldn't even know <laughs> of, uh, I really like the movie The Natural. Oh, that's uh, a good one. You know, I, I I really I wish the ending was a little more drawn out. When yeah. He, when he hits the foul ball and he breaks the bat, I've always said I wonder if on the cutting room floor there's a he might have it could be it's going it's back it's back. Felt like I want to see more sort of heartbreak. Yeah. That a, he, he didn't hit the home run. And then B, he broke the bat. Uh, I think the ending goes a little too quickly. Um, but the natural for me is one that if you're flipping around and the natural is on, I don't care where it is, I'm going to stop and I'm going to watch it. That's a good movie. Robert Refford did an amazing job in that movie. So it's a great movie. Absolutely. Um, speaking of kind of movies or, or shows as well, but like if you could be any fictional character, hmm. who would it be? Ooh, that is a good one. I tend to deal in nonfiction so much that uh, I don't think about fictional characters. <laughs> you, you know, it's funny how, you know, people get caught up on like they get they get uh they get uh stumped by different questions right like for you it's like you're just like i don't do a lot in the fiction right we do a real world it's like so this is the one that stumped me but other people get stumped in other different uh questions yeah you know i i, I would say it's probably it's got to be something related to the simpsons um <laughs> but I, don't, I don't know how how i would fit in there um simpsons is, is definitely probably one of my go-to's that uh I try to watch a lot and the humor of that is probably a lot like me. And I, I reference the Simpsons a lot. Um, it's still going to this year yeah, to this day. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's standard, the, you know, the test of time, you know, the Simpsons had a pretty good uh, isotopes episode. We, you know, the, now the Albuquerque isotopes are really kind of named after the Simpsons. It's true. Uh, professional ball team. So, which um, is funny because they have the, 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 the bar, you know, they have Homer Simpson and all that, you know, at the ballpark, which is amazing. Right. Yeah. So something related to the Simpsons, I'm sure that that would be my answer. I love it. I love it. Okay. So have you ever regifted a gift? Oh yeah. All the time. Who hasn't? Uh, okay. What, in, in your opinion, what is your spirit animal? I don't have, I don't, I don't know. What, what would you tell me? What do you think? Well, here's the thing. So you got it. So you deal in 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 uh, in the most American sport there is, right? You know, baseball, right? So you got to have 
that's a good one. Cause like, you gotta have like something like that's, that says, you know, uh, um, apple pie that says, you know, baseball. So let me think about this one. I, I'm going to, I got to come back to this one, but I, okay. you know, that's what I'm, I'm going with that theme right there. All right. If you could have one dessert, just one dessert for the rest of your life, what would that dessert be? This is probably the easiest question you could have asked me. Oh yeah. How was that? Unfortunately, I like dessert. So <laughs> the go-to, and, and this again, this is such an easy answer for me, the cookie skillet. So the chocolate chip cookie on the skillet, you can put ice cream on it if you want. It doesn't matter. But that warm chocolate chip cookie, skillet cookie, oh. I'm done. I'm done. I mean, that's it's, if it's on the menu, I'm, I'm getting it. Doesn't oh, matter. that sounds delicious. Uh, all right. A couple more questions here, my friend. What animal would you think would be the biggest party animal? Uh, it's probably got to be the hyena, right? <laughs> I like that. They're always laughing. They're yes. always laughing. So that's true. All right. So, uh, and this is something new that you're going to be my first person that I'm going to try this on. Okay. So I have this deck of cards right here. Okay. Uh, and uh, on this deck of cards is Major League Baseball Trivia Challenge. Okay. I'm going to ask you the question. I will give you the answer off air, but I'm not going to tell anybody else because I want them to, you know, to think about it. And then they'll hear the answer on the next episode. But okay. I'm going to give you the question first. Okay. And I'm just, you know, random here, no, nothing crazy. Uh, and then you, you tell me, um, if you know the answer, give me the answer, but I won't say yay or nay. Sounds good. Okay. All right. All righty. So let's take a look. Okay. Jason, are you ready? Yes. What brewer star recorded his 1000th career RBI in April of 2018. So, what Brewer star recorded his 1,000th career RBI in April of 2018? So I think it's probably got to be Christian Yelich. Okay. It's That's a good question. That, that might be it. That might be it. But we'll see. We'll see. We don't know. They'll have to sit out and wait until the next episode. But uh, Jason, thank you so much. I learned a whole bunch. I, I hope to have you again in another episode because I'm sure there's a thousand and six hundred thousand questions that I didn't ask uh, uh, regarding this because this is such a, a theme that I love. And, you know, like you said, baseball is such a unique sport in which design could be, you know, can be going many, many ways. So thank you so much for really, you know, from the winter meetings, right, taking your time to come in and, and talk to me about uh, about baseball. I've, I've absolutely loved it. I love baseball. I love ballparks. So anytime you want to chat, I'm here. I'm here to chat. We'll do. We'll do, my friends. I'll send you a text message. Thank you so much, Jason. All right. Take care. Take care. I hope you guys enjoy that episode with Jason. Now make sure you guys are following him. All right. Also, I wanna I wanna thank him because I had a blast, and then also I learned a lot. I really always looking for ways to uh, incorporate different things when it comes to minor league baseball or baseball in 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 general, right? Uh, but this one was pretty cool because we got to learn the the behind the scenes, what it takes, the time it takes to design a ballpark, what they look like uh, before it starts, like from the dirt all the way up. So I, I want to thank him because it really did give me uh, a view into the life that a lot of us don't really get to see so 
Uh, make sure you guys are following him, like I said. Um, before I go, though, before I give you guys the joke of the episode, make sure you guys are uh, following me on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, follow the uh, podcast as well as follow me on YouTube, guys. I'm growing that uh, that branch as well, so that way you guys are always looking at uh, what I put my daily videos or the hats that I'm putting together, as well as um, the live uh, sports show with some of the wonderful guys like Eric Prophet, Mike Sellers, Donnie, uh, and also my boy Patrick. They all have great content, so make sure you guys are all following them. All right, guys? All right, so here we go. Episode Dad Joke, and here we go. What do you call someone with no body and no nose? Nobody knows. <laughs> all right, all right. I see myself out, guys. And until then, keep grinding and always support the minor leagues. See ya. This podcast is part of the Curved Brim Media Network. Here are some of the other members of Curved Brim Media. I'm Paul Caputo, and on the Baseball by Design podcast, I talk to minor league baseball teams, designers, and other super interesting people about what these minor league baseball logos mean. And I talk a little bit about ice cream helmets. What's up, Bucketheads? I'm Anna Tomaso, and each week on the Baseball Bucket List podcast, I speak with a different fan about their favorite baseball memories, what the game means to them, and what's left to check off on their baseball bucket list. Hey everyone, it's Eric from the great state of Kansas. This is Johnny from the New Orleans Baby Cakes Memorial Museum. And we are the Earn Fun Average Podcast. Where we talk to a variety of guests about their love of baseball and have fun doing it. America, lower your standards. Average is what we do best. This is Patrick. And Corey. Of BaseballMapper.com. And we have made an interactive map to help highlight all baseball teams from the majors down to collegiate summer leagues. We want to bring you closer to baseball. So get on the site and find a team near you today. Hey guys, this is Patrick Larson from the Minor League Baseball Hat History Series. And in every episode, I go through the history of minor league teams through my personal collection of hats. You can find me on Twitter at at PatLarson1. I hope you guys enjoy. Learn more about Curve Brim Media at CurveBrimMedia.com.